We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Now here's Pastor Muta. I gotta ask a question. Does any of you guys do any of you guys remember growing up and having like a favorite athlete or favorite musician, like somebody you just idolize and you just love this person, you wanted to dress like them, you wanted to be like this person, you listen to their music. Uh, am I the only one in here who had somebody like that? I mean, let me get a show of hands. Who had somebody who you just absolutely loved to listen to and you wanted to be like? You know, ladies, maybe it was that, 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 that boy band member that you were crushing on. Come on, Spice, Gr- Spice Girls was it. I'm telling you, tell me what I, what I really, really want. Tell you what I want. What I, tell you what I want. Play some, some Spice Girls this morning. I'm down with that. Maybe the guys, there was somebody who, an athlete who you wanted to play like or be like. I had somebody in my life who I absolutely revered and loved and followed. In fact, it was so weird. Don't judge me. I, I believe, now looking back at it, it was a shrine to this dude. Like, I had all of his album covers. I had big posters of him. I wanted to dress like him. I wanted to talk like him. Let me, let's show you this guy real quick. Nas. Anybody know Nas? I mean, he's just the, he, listen, you, you look up the definition of cool in the dictionary, and Nas shows up dressed just like this, like, boom. I mean, I wanted to be this guy in college. They used to call me Lil Nas, and I, I, I really uh, just adored everything about this guy. Loved the way he carried himself, loved the music that he had, thought his, just, his lyrics were just incredible. You could sit down and listen to an entire Nas album and never turn it off and never skip a song because he's telling you a story throughout the whole thing. It was great, and so I had somebody like Nas. Maybe, maybe for you it wasn't that deep. Maybe it wasn't for you that it wasn't that deep. But why do we follow these individuals? Why do we see people on TV, maybe even right now in our lives, maybe there's an athlete that we follow so, so deeply. I just saw a friend of mine got a new jersey. Now, this is a grown man. He had a jersey shipped to him, and he was so excited. He's all on Instagram. I got this jersey, man. This is my guy, blah, 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 blah. Why do we follow these individuals? Because, honestly, they've proved themselves to us, right? They've proved that they're worthy of our attention. We put them on this pedestal because their athleticism or their musical uh, talent, all of that shows us that, you know what, you are worthy of me paying attention to you. I love what you're doing. I respect what you're doing. And our knowledge and experience of these individuals has influenced us to the point of adoration and respect. And I believe God wants us to have a knowledge and an experience of him as well, too. Because he knows that the influence that he yields will not only lead to outward celebration, but it will lead to complete life transformation. If we are enthralled, if we experience and see God the way he wants us to see him, we will be transformed. We won't just celebrate him. We'll live for him. And so that's what we want to talk about this morning. What does it look like to live 
this different, this live this unexpected life of being different? What does difference and knowledge of God have to do with each other? So this morning, we're going to be in Romans 12, chapter 1 through 2. If you have a Bible, go ahead and go there. If you don't have a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand, and we'll get a Bible to you. House crew has them for you. It's page 552, I believe it is. So Romans 12, 1 and 2 is one of my favorite verses, a group of verses, I should say, because there's two of them. Uh, for me, it's just, it seems like just one verse. And if you really think about it, the original people who wrote the Bible didn't write them in verses. It was just kind of one thread that they wrote together. We're the ones uh, who kind of broke them out in verses so that we could just study them and phrase by phrase and get to understand exactly the context of what it's saying. And Romans 12, 1 and 2 was super transformational for my life. In fact, when I was uh, coming to faith, God used Romans 12, 1 and 2 to solidify my faith. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was 2003. One of my good friends who's become a mentor to me, who's, become a, a, who's been a pastor to me, who led me to Christ, preached a message on Romans 12, 1 and 2. And through there, God began to shape my life. Because it was challenging to me about not only just knowing about God, but experiencing him, having a practical knowledge of God. And that's what Paul, who's writing this text, is trying to teach his listeners. He's teaching them that, listen, as much as you know, it's all good and great, but then you got to start living it. It's good to believe and know Jesus Christ, but it's another thing to absolutely live for him and begin to walk out this life. And so this new series is called different. It's called about the different tone our life takes from when, we, from when we move from just knowing God to being for God and living for God and embracing all that he has for us. I believe that this series is going to help us understand where God wants to take us in our lives. Listen, the best is yet to come. We say that, we believe that, we know the best is yet to come, but I believe that God wants us to begin the best living now, that we've got to start experiencing it now. As Christians, we believe in the hope of eternity, living in heaven forever with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but we believe that heaven for us begins right here on earth because God is with us here. He's walking alongside of us, and so we are moving in that direction, and we know that we can live the best life now. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into the text. Romans 12, beginning in verse 1, the writer Paul says this, I appeal to you, therefore, in another uh, text, he says, I beseech you. I I like that term, beseech. It, It feels like a little more weighty. I beseech you, Sarah. I beseech you, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is a strong and passionate request that he's making. This is not just like, hey, uh, here goes a quick suggestion for you. He's saying, no, listen, I need you to do this. I need you to lean in right now. I need you to understand what I'm trying to tell you. This is for your own good. You need to do this. And he says, therefore, I appeal to you, therefore, that means it's therefore something. 
in, in the text right before that, he's uh, speaking to them. He's just spent chapters 1 through 11 telling them about the theology of God, who God is and what God has done and, and, and giving them some nuances of what their faith should be founded on. And he's leaning into them and saying, listen, this is the God we believe in. This is the God we honor. And it reads this way in verse 33 through 36. On your screen, it reads a different way because I love the way it says it on the screen. I'll read it in the current version that we have. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him, through him, and to him, all things to him be glory forever. Amen. He's saying, listen, this God that we serve is so big. He's so magnanimous. He's incredible that nothing can touch him. No one can give him anything. And yet he cares for us. This God who creates heavens and earth and uh, put the whole world in order, who holds the world in his hands, this same God is the same God who loves and cares for us so much that he would send his son to come and die for us. Oh, the rich mercies of this God. That he wouldn't withhold anything from us. In fact, as we've been sharing, he's expended the resources of heaven, his most precious only son. Somebody was saying this in regroup. This week, she, she said that as she thinks about having a child and giving up her child for the world, sacrificing them so that you and I could live, he's saying, because of this, I urge you, because of this, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice because there's a reason, there's a why, because we have a big why. Simon Sinek, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, he wrote this book called Start With The Why. He, um, he says this in his book, he says, all organizations start with why, but only the great ones keep their why year after year. And I, I kind of wanted to rewrite this in, in a context that we would understand as Christians uh, for us, for us as believers. And, and I kind of put it this way. All believers start with why, but only the healthy ones keep their why clear year after year. And whenever you see Paul's writings, he always begins with the why. He always begins with who God is and what he's done and why he is so important to us. And I believe that this theme keeps coming back in our teachings over the last couple of weeks, start with the why. Maybe we need to be reminded, maybe somebody is walking around and and wrestling with certain portions of their faith and they they don't understand why they're going through something. And he's saying, listen, if you want to get through that, if you want to get to a place in your life where you can stand on firm ground, begin with the why. God loves you and nothing that's going on in your life will take place. Take over that love for him, from him. And so as we see this, the first point that we want to see here is simply this. We've got to see different. 
If we want to be different, if we want to live the unexpected life, we've got to see different because of this. What we keep in front of us will impact what we value ahead of us. Those thoughts that we keep in front of us, those ideas that we keep in front of us, those reasons we keep in front of us, those are the things that are going to dictate what we value. We've got to start seeing different. What are you keeping in your face? Uh, What memories are you reminding yourself of that are holding you up? What pain are you holding up in front of your face that are keeping you from where God wants you to be? He's saying, I want you to see different. Think about the mercies of God. Because of the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And when he talks about bodies, it doesn't mean about you doing something. A lot of times when we talk about sacrifice and living our bodies uh, uh, as a sacrifice, we think, oh, okay, God, what do you want me to do? This is not what he's talking about. He's saying, listen, this is your whole body. This is your mind, body, spirit. It's not about doing. It's about being. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. In fact, this takes terminology from the people who would truly understand this, uh, uh, talking about the Jewish temple, where the priests would come and they would make sacrifices to God, where they would take a, a lamb or a, a sheep or, or, or dove or something like that, and they would put this, this, this animal on a sacrifice and set it apart. Out of all the other animals that were there, they would take one and they would set that apart. He's saying, listen, set your body apart. Set your mind apart. Set your whole being apart. In the Jewish temple, uh, they had utensils that they used, different cups and all of that, and they were holy, and nobody was able to touch them, and nobody could ever do anything with them. They couldn't be used for any other reason except for God. And he's saying, this is what I want you to do with your body, with your being. Set it apart for my use. Don't hold any part of yourself back, even though society teaches us to hold certain things back. Uh, We live in in society that encourages us to get a prenup when you're getting married. Uh, I I know there's some friends who are like, hey, my mom told me that when when I'm about to get married, I need to keep a bank account that my husband or my wife doesn't know about just in case they decide to leave holding something back. And when you're dating, uh, you're dating somebody and you feel like, hey, this may be the one, but you keep that little person on the side, maybe that individual who used to date before, you're like, you know what, I'm going to just keep you in the pocket over here just in case this doesn't work out. And for some of us, that's how we approach God. We approach God with the prenup, just in case you don't live up to my expectations for you. And just in case you, you aren't God enough for me, I'm going to keep a little God here on the side, whatever it is. The God of my finances, the God of my relationship, the God of my career, the God of whatever it is. And he's saying, no, present your entire being as a living sacrifice because this is your spiritual worship. Not just a rational, uh, physical response, not just a showing up to church. He's saying this is, this is coming from uh, your internal, this is your true and proper worship. That's why I love when Jesus is talking to this woman 
and she's uh, getting all confused about religion and all of that. He's saying, hey, listen, she says, uh, your people said to worship on this mountain and my people said to worship on this mountain. And he tells her, listen, uh, a time is coming is not here where people who worship God will worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not about doing, it's about being. It's about being. And this worship is a response because of what God has done for us, because of who you are, because who I've experienced you to be. Now I'm going to worship in response. Faith is nothing that we give God out of nowhere. God gives us faith, and because of the faith that he's placed in our hearts, we respond through worship. Point number two, worship different. What we value will be reflected by what we worship. Worship different. He goes on to verse 2. He says, do not be conformed to this world. In another translation, it says, do not be conformed, and it adds this to the patterns of this world. He says, listen, there's, 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 there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of influences around us. And, and uh, this is what I want you to do. Listen, Romans, uh, you are believers. You're living in, in a society where not everybody is a believer. There's people who are more influential than you, people who have more money than you, people who have more clout than you. Listen, do not be influenced by any of that. Uh, There's people who are bringing their cultural norms inside of this. He said, listen, don't be conformed to this world. Keep your eyes focused elsewhere. Fix your eyes upon God. Do not be conformed to this world because the patterns of this world cause us to begin to ascribe worth to things beyond God. We start ascribing worth to things that are temporary, that don't really matter. I remember one uh, preacher I used to love, he used to always preach. He was like, listen, I don't know why we put so much emphasis in the things here. They're all going to burn anyway. I remember there's a lady who uh, a few years ago I had gotten into an accident with at at Walmart. I accidentally backed into her, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, man, I just backed into this lady's car. And she comes out, she's got a spring in her step, and I'm like, um... Listen, I don't have no crazy money that I'm just going to give you because I thought she was going to be like, oh, yeah, this is good. I'm going to drain him for everything that he has. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. She's like, no, don't worry about it. You know what? This is just a reminder that this crap doesn't matter. This can break so easily, but I believe in something that can never be broken. I was like, glory to God. Literally, she had her mind fixed on somewhere else. She didn't conform to this world. In fact, she confessed to me. She said, you know what? God has just reminded me I bought this car brand new, and I was so excited about it, and I treated it with so much value, and God has just shown me that I was idolizing my car. He says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't choose self-serving methods of living. Some of us live and work in careers where uh, the terms like, man, it's a dog-eat-dog world. You know, I've got to get ahead. I'm sorry. I just, I got to move ahead. And we're constantly wrestling and going back and forth and trying to get ahead the next person. doesn't matter who we put down in the process. He says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. 
In another uh, translation, it says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this age. This age, this, this age that we're living in. And him, how many of us can admit that the present age that we're living in poses a lot of challenges and tensions for somebody who wants to follow biblical principles? It poses a constant tension for those who want to follow what Christ's teachings are in. And so we are in this moment where we're constantly wrestling and dealing with different philosophies. But at the same time, God has called us to be in this world and love this world. Not, not, not love it as if we keep it uh, uh, above him, but love people in this world. In fact, in Jeremiah, he tells uh, uh, his, 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 the children of Israel, a group of people who were believers, he says, listen, uh, seek the peace and the prosperity of the place that I've put you in. So in an effort, you can't seek the peace and the prosperity of somewhere if you don't love it. So we live in this constant tension. We're supposed to love the world but not love the world. We're supposed to be in the world but not conform to it. And we're constantly in this tension, and there's tensions all around us. And literally every single day we've got to live as Christians with the battle of, hey, do we build walls of protection or do we build bridges of unity? How do we do that? Uh, We're constantly in this tension of uh, we're supposed to honor and value and edify women, but at the same time, we're supposed to value the sanctity of the unborn life. How do we live in this tension? We live in this tension where we we love people. We're supposed to love our neighbors no matter who they are, no matter what lifestyle they choose to be in, but at the same time, we're supposed to not support the lifestyle. We're in this present and evil age where we're constantly wrestling back and forth. J.D. Barry gives this um, statement. My added emphasis, it says, Christianity is built on And he says, a new code of ethics, of love and humility, the basis of God's mercy. We can't be conformed to this world. We're living in this this tension of uh, how do we follow what God says, but at the same time, how do we love and, and, and care for the people who we're in front of? And let me tell you what, there's no easy answer. But this is what we're supposed to know. We've got to live different. Point number three, live different. Who or what we worship will influence what we believe. Who or what we worship will influence what we believe. So we've got to live different. Sorry, that be there should be live different or be different. The second portion of that says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Because the mind is the seat of so much. Our minds are the seat of either limiting beliefs or epic vision. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Our minds are the seat of either false narratives or grace-filled curiosity. 
And where our mind sits will ultimately dictate how we live, how we approach our life, how we approach our work, how we approach our faith. So he's saying, listen, don't be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Why? Why? Because of our why. Because of what God has done for us, because of who he is. Our theology, our understanding of God should be now what informs our ethics. Our moral uh, principles, our life rules uh, should be informed by our theology. So he's tracking back. Paul is always tracking back and forth. Listen, because of this, then this. We don't approach life just in a vacuum. We don't just approach life and just say, hey, I'm just going to fly by the seat of my pants. It says, listen, something is going to dictate how you live your life. You will either be conformed to this world or you will conform to the mind of God. But here's the beauty about it, though. He encourages us. He says, let God change the way you think. Let me ask you a question. What's informing your ethics? Every day, the way you walk out your faith, the way you walk out your life. Oh, what's, what's, what's informing that? Is it culture? Are you caught up with the current of public opinion and you're saying, you know, I don't want to go against the grain. I think we're living in a new world and we're living, you know, in the 21st century and, you know, we just got to go with the flow. Is it politics? Are you too busy watching the news all day, every day, listening to the news all day, every day, and that begins to now shape your life, how you treat people, how you're living every day? Is it the music that we listen to, students? Uh, Is what we're listening to, uh, shoot, even adults? The music that we listen to, the things that we're putting in front of our eyes, is that what's beginning to really shape our ethics now? Now uh, we're all of a sudden desensitized to certain things because uh, our culture, our music, whatever, has normalized it? Let God change the way you think. Point number four, think different. Because what we believe will dictate how we live out our lives. And let me tell you this, no one with a genuine experience of God's love and grace will remain the same. No one with a genuine experience of God's love and grace will remain the same. What we believe will dictate how we live out our lives. And I want to be better. Am I the only one? I want to be better. My buddy has this t-shirt brand called Better Than Yesterday. I just want to be better than yesterday. Shoot, after the week that I just had, I just want to be better than all of last week. We just kind of roll up last week and just throw it back and just move forward. Then he ends like this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, 
you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Testing. Listen, if you know God's truth, you'll be more inclined to test God's word. If you know God's truth, you'll be more inclined to test God's word. And you know what? God invites it. You know what I love about Christianity? You know what I love about the God that we serve? He says stuff like this, come, let us reason together. He doesn't have to. He is God. He says, come, let us reason together. He says, listen, test me out. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and guaranteed all these things will be added unto you. Test me. The word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Test him. He says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. He says, try me on this. See that I will not just fill your cup, that it will be overflowing. By testing you will see that God is faithful. And God, see, this is one thing I love about God. God is not interested in blind conformity. He invites you into kingdom opportunity. He says, test me. Paul says, testing, by by testing, you'll be able to prove. See, this kind of hit home because the Israelites, the Jewish people who Paul was a part of, they had Jesus show up and live amongst them. The Messiah came and lived amongst them, but they, they missed the point. He was right there, and they didn't test him. They didn't, they didn't say, I-, I want to just follow you. I'll just, uh, I'll just honor you, and I'll, I'll do what you asked me to do, and I'll walk out the life that you uh, asked me to live. They didn't test him so, so much so that they just put, put him on the cross. And Paul doesn't want the Romans to miss out on everything that God has for them. He says, uh, so by discerning that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Discerning means testing something in actual practice. God said, prove me this day. See if I will not pour out a double portion. God wants to reveal his will for your life. For you to live the best life now. Uh, But here's the deal. You've got to be willing to, last point, do something different. Many of us are one step away from living the unexpected life that God has for us. I believe if we do something different, our lives will begin to transform and be transformed in incredible ways. And honestly, this is how we begin. It's as simple as this. Take the next step. 
Ask yourself, what's your next step? Do something different. Uh, we've said over the last couple of weeks, last uh, Sunday was actually one of the teaching points, Christian maturity, and I'll add faith growth, is at the intersection of knowledge and practice. Now that you know, what are you going to do about it? Live different. Think different. See different. Hope different. Love different. Do something different. I believe God wants us to have a knowledge and experience of him because he knows that the influence he yields will lead to not only external celebration where we look at him and we revere him, but it will be about life transformation. We will never be the same. And that's what he wants for our lives. Your next step can literally take you from where you are to where God wants to take you. So what's your next step? Uh, For somebody in here, your next step of doing something different may be just to acknowledge Jesus Christ as head over your life. And say, listen, I've, I've heard about this Jesus. I've, I, I've been to church. In fact, I, I maybe I used to follow him a while back. And today I want to submit my life totally to him. I want to present my body as a living sacrifice. Maybe that's the one thing that you've got to do different. You've been living one way and you're saying, Jesus, I'm coming home. Uh, maybe uh, for some of you, it's, listen, I, I've been coming to this church for a little while. I like what's going on. And maybe it's time to dig in. And maybe for your next step, it's just being a part of starting point that's going to take place after service today. There's food. There's child care. Maybe for somebody, it's like, you know what? I, I've been going here for a while and I'm connected. I'm serving, but I'm not really connected through regroup. And I want to be connected as part of the family and grow. Maybe your next step is saying, you know what? I'm going to go to regroup. Maybe for another individual, it's serving. Maybe you've been coming and you haven't really been b- plugging in. And you say, maybe I'm going to do something different. I'm going to serve. Maybe you're serving. Now you're going to move to leading. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something different. All it takes is taking a step. Many years ago, Jesus took a step towards us. He left heaven, the comforts of heaven, to come into a broken culture, a broken world. He took a step and walked into humanity, and he took a step just like you take a step every single day. He lived in this world. He lived a life, but he presented his body as a living sacrifice, so he was sinless. He walked this life without no sin, without no blemish. And and then he said, you know what? Uh, These people, these individuals can never heal themselves. They can never change themselves. They can never protect themselves. So I'm going to make another step, and I'm going to step towards the cross. And he was beaten and battered and humiliated and bruised. And they hung him high on a wooden cross. And he pressed his hands and he said, it is finished. I've made the step. I've made the final step. So that every step that you make after this will be a step of victory. It will be a a step of new life, of transformation. And he invites you into that. And so if you are in here this morning and you've never made a step towards Jesus Christ, today this is your moment. 
In just a moment, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to invite you on the back of your connection card. Just check off. I want to follow Jesus Christ. I want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as my Lord and Savior. And if you're in here, you check that box. Take that handout over that connection card over to the hub. We've got something that we want to put in your hands. We just want to support you in this. Do something different. The life that God has for you is here. It's now. Take a step. Can we pray? God, we thank you so much for loving us. So much that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross to die for our sins so that we might find the bridge back to you. God, you don't hold our sins against us. You don't hold uh, our our. Everything that we do against you, you don't hold it against us because in Jesus Christ, you forgive us. As long as we make a step towards you and say we repent, we're turning back, we're presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. God, I pray for every single individual in here. I pray, God, that you may lead them to their next step, whatever that step is. God, I pray that they may begin to live their best life now, that they may see something different happening in their life. As they do something different, Lord, as a response to what you've done for them, allow them to experience you in new ways. Allow them to see you for all your glory and how worthy you are to be praised. And I pray, God, that their lives will never be the same. So we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.